Hello there, welcome back. With Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania now in cinemas, I thought it'd be a good time to look back on the latest slate of offerings from Marvel Studios, Phase 4, and as good a time as any to ask the question, what was it, the sign of a decline or a bold new direction or both? I'm going to release this in three parts just because there's so much Marvel content to cover that it'd be too long for one episode. So, let's get into it. Phase 4 is a story of two halves. To tell this story, we have to go back to the beginning, or rather, the end. Endgame was the culmination of 10 years of storytelling, bringing the stories of some of the most loved characters in cinema to a satisfying close. Endgame, once the highest grossing film of all time, remains a great achievement and one of my best cinema experiences. It felt like a moment, epic, and if we were, and if we're being honest, it felt like a conclusion. But the Marvel machine must keep turning, and so after a frivolous trip through Europe and a pandemic, Marvel returned having been away for the longest time in its history. The fatigue caused by superhero oversaturation had died down, and we were ready for more, especially while all still locked inside. However, for many, myself included, the main story had already concluded. It had to feel like Marvel could still offer something fresh, and that there were still interesting stories to tell. Marvel had to try something different in order to stay relevant. How did it achieve this? By tapping into the biggest entertainment industry resource that they hadn't yet, TV. Thanks to the likes of HBO and even Netflix, TV had become a goldmine, pulling in more viewers than ever before for bigger shows than ever seen before. Marvel had the audience, they had the budget, and they could do this. And do this they did in early 2021 with their first show released on Disney Plus, WandaVision. It's hard to believe that without the pandemic, Black Widow would have been the first Phase 4 project released, as WandaVision gave the fans exactly what they needed at the start of this new era. It was indeed different, using its medium of TV to underpin the whole feel of the show and a central mystery to keep you coming back week after week. Marvel was in a new landscape and felt at home in it, unpicking sitcoms over decades in a light-hearted thriller. But it was TV as a whole the show understood, not just sitcoms. It felt like appointment viewing for the whole family with enough intrigue for parents and enough laughs for kids. It's shown in the best episode previously on where Wanda takes a trip through her past by the way of doors that lead to memories which is a fantastic visual device. The whole episode is surprising, satisfying and heartbreaking. With a rewrite it could have been the last episode wrapping up the mysteries and emotional arcs through drama without resorting to action set pieces. There weren't many of those in the rest of the series and we still stayed watching. The series didn't need to drift into familiar Marvel fare in its finale when different was already working. This brings us to the two halves I was talking about earlier, which WandaVision illustrates very well. Phase 4 tried to move Marvel forward, but still clung to the past. When it gave us something similar, it seemed so mediocre that it bordered on bad. That's what I'll focus on in this first part, the middle of the road Marvel, that was too complacent to be great, but too decent to be bad. A Marvel Mediocrity 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for example, seemed like a copy and pasted Winter Soldier. It started with a chase featuring the same villain as the opening action scene in that film. Again, it tried to push for something new with darker themes, but still seemed happy to bring us more of the same, which ultimately left us with a show about Sam becoming Captain America, something that was covered in two minutes flat in Endgame. Yes, there are subtle nuances Sam has to wrestle with, but these could have been dealt with when he's already in the role in the next film. It seemed one show would understand how to give us the right blend of old and new, then the next wouldn't, leading to a slate that was only half good, a problem when oversaturation had become a big thing again, with Marvel releasing more projects in 2021 than ever before. We still got the same amount of films, now only with the TV shows as well. It seemed the emphasis was on quantity rather than quality. Speaking of the films, this is a problem that seeped over into them, such as the aforementioned Black Widow, which seemed as if it should have been released four or five years earlier when it was set. This is the fault of the studio for not letting this film happen before now. To think one of the original six Avengers only got her solo adventure after her on-screen death is ridiculous. Black Widow coming out after Endgame makes it feel oddly redundant, a problem that could have been fixed by referencing her death in a It's a Wonderful Life magical type of way that would have been more in keeping with Phase 4's new direction. Black Widow seemed as if it wanted to cling to the gritty aesthetic, which doesn't marry well with the pheromone hypnosis nor the floating villain lair. If they were going for real, why didn't they just have the Widows coerced into doing bad things, like Natasha originally was, which could have led to deeper character moments when people have to acknowledge what they've done. I respect they were clearly influenced by the Roger Moore Bond films, but if they wanted a fun blend of witty and somewhat grounded, they should have instead looked to the early Pierce Brosnan films. The lair should have been on a train, that's all I'm saying. It makes sense, right? Always on the move, hard to track. All in all, new elements like Florence Pugh were a great delight and came over well, while the rest of the film was stuck in 2016. Not a fitting goodbye for Natasha. Then we had Shang-Chi and The Eternals, which despite some interesting ideas and mostly good character work, fell into the traps of being an origin and team-up movie, respectively. These films were enjoyable enough though not groundbreaking, much like Miss Marvel, which was watchable but not good enough to warrant saying too much here, other than to say it was an enjoyable time but not one you'd return to anytime soon. Which brings us to Thor Love and Thunder, a film which seems inoffensive enough on the surface, but is more of a letdown than the rest somehow. Perhaps because we've come to expect more from this character, especially in Taikwatiki's hands, than a disjointed mess. Love and Thunder is a film which doesn't take its own story seriously enough to invest you, while not enough of the jokes work for it to be the laugh-a-minute thrill ride that it thinks it is. Again, an attempt to recreate the originality and magic of Ragnarok has backfired. Another film which at times drifted into mediocrity was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, but I give this one the benefit of the doubt because it tried ever so hard not to. The narrative is serviceable, if run-of-the-mill, but it gets waylaid in trying to set up future events through pointless cameos. 
However, the direction of Sam Raimi really elevates this one to become one of the most visually striking Marvel films ever. Not even just flashy moments like the multiverse hopping animation, but in small moments like a whip pan from Strange to Christine at her wedding, which any other director would have done as two shots. Only here the scene is injected with so much more energy, making the moment something more. There is really something to be said for the way Raimi uses the camera in this film, tilting it for no reason and moving it wherever and whenever possible. His adept hand in the action excels in the horror and the composition on show like a cross-dissolve exposition sequence is outstanding. The direction of this film got me excited about the craft of filmmaking again and made me want to pick up a camera, for which there is a lot that can be said. There is at least an attempt here to try something different, which doesn't always work, but for the most part does. But what happens when it just doesn't? Well, that will be in part two, which will be a Marvel misstep, where I'll be focusing on where phase four really went wrong and couldn't be redeemed. But for now, that's it for this part, which is sort of the middle level of Marvel. Not great, not bad. So we've covered that and we'll be going into the the bad and the good, having done the, not the ugly, but the okay. And, uh, and yeah, that'll be next time in part two. So thank you very much for listening and I'll see you then in part two.